0: Welcome to Ignite Your Business Radio Show, light the match, throw some gasoline on it, buckle up because we're about to take your business to the next level. I'm your host, Josh Wilhelm. I'm a graphic designer at heart with over 23 years of experience founding and running my own web and marketing agency, helping our clients all around the world. My passion for the journey, talking with and helping entrepreneurs is what brings me here today. And I get fired up when I talk with small to medium sized business owners about their journey. So let's get right into it. For the month of March, we're going to be taking a look at a diverse group of entrepreneurs with one important thing in common. All of them have developed tools that seek to change the way we build and manage a business. These are programs, software, and other examples that endeavor to make communication More streamlined, give you more options to evolve your business, and show you how to unlock your true potential as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs come from every imaginable background. However, there are some things all of us have in common the fear of taking that first step. For those who want to write a book, start a podcast in support of that book, the task of simply getting started can strike you as a daunting one, to say the least. How do you begin? LinkedIn can be a great resource for making both of these goals come true. However, what do you do to stand out? How do you use LinkedIn to do more than simply network with other entrepreneurs and businesses, or as many see it as using it for finding a job or finding a new team member? Consider the value of coaching services. Within a US market value of one point zero two billion, that's billion with a B, In 2016 alone, coaching has become a significant business unto itself. The best coaches can help entrepreneurs take those first steps, build a foundation for success, and move forward. Created by Scott Aaron, Expert Authority is a program designed to help you draw resources from LinkedIn you didn't even know were there. There are a lot of titles you can connect to the name of Scott Aaron, that is to say the least. He is an entrepreneur, a podcaster, an international speaker, and a highly successful author. However, it is his work as a personal coach to businesses and other entrepreneurs that brings him to the show today. It is indeed that coaching experience which led him to become the co-founder of Export Authority, a program built around specifically taking your LinkedIn goals to the next level particularly those who want to bring their podcasts and book dreams to reality. How can you take advantage of Scott's experience with LinkedIn via this program? I'm looking forward to talking to Scott about that exact thing. So Scott, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Absolutely, Josh. Uh, it's a pleasure and honor to
0: be here and, and looking forward to diving in. Scott, I just I, I want to get into the challenges of marketing, not only the expert authority program, uh, but... Also, your coaching ability and and the expertise that you bring along with that. So what are some of the most effective ways to market something like the expert authority? Is it blogging? Is it social media? I have to imagine it takes multifaceted approach when it comes to your organization and how to get the word out there.
1: The best answer is all of the above. (laughs) Okay. It's... (laughs) It's not one clear cut channel and and the way that my wife and I, you know, really get the word out about our, you know, expert authority program and all the other things that we do under that umbrella. It's a combination of a multitude of things. Uh, My books, um, our podcast, my podcast, our social media channels our Facebook groups, our email lists, our blogs, um, we, when we do uh, free trainings, there are so many different aspects to getting yourself out there because, you know, social media has become saturated. It's, it's, it's a dog-eat-dog it's dog world. I mean, there's a, a lot of people doing a lot of things, and everyone is looking to, to gain the attention and visibility required in order to, to really achieve those things. So you do have to be everywhere all at once. And obviously, my wife and I, we have some not shortcuts, but uh, we use a lot of technology on the back end of what we do to uh, yep. help us stay visible to uh, a lot of our audience. But most of what we do is, is very organic. Uh, it, it's just pure consistency. And it's that compounded effect that really gives you that visibility and that reach that is going to get what you're doing
0: known by that many more people. So wait a second, you're saying it's not one magic pill that you're supposed to take in order to be successful with marketing your business? I mean, th- this is earth shattering news right now. I mean, I feel like we need to do that bulletin sound, you know, for the news. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did This just in. Because yep. I'm shocked by what I'm hearing right now that it's not just one magic thing that you have to do to be successful with marketing your business <laughs> said very sarcastically you know, uh, if you didn't pick up on yeah on uh that tone right there but
1: <laughs> i'm I'm really sorry if i if I burst any people's bubbles with that statement, but uh it's the harsh reality it's it's not one specific thing that is gonna do. What your business needs to do. It's not one course. It's not one coach. It's not one webinar. It's not one social media channel. It's not one avenue. There are a multitude and many, many things that an online business owner or entrepreneur is required to do at this stage in the game to really get themselves out there.
0: Well, and I think, you know, you being in the marketing world for as long as you have as well. That we both know, being in this kind of sandbox, if you will, that uh, COVID has put a lot of pressure on those businesses and industries as a whole that are so accustomed to saying, "Well, that doesn't work for me." That no, no, you don't understand. I'm a restaurant. We have people come sit down. We we don't have to worry about you know things like uh take out and that's not a, we're an upscale restaurant we don't deal with any of that stuff they come they sit down sit at the bar it's like then COVID happened and then it was oh uh we want to stay in business so we're going to have to adapt and change our approach on how we do things and marketing is one of those things as well that have to be adapted as life throws a curveball which all of us got tossed the COVID curveball Uh, We all had to adapt and form another. But I think what you're saying, too, is that you've experienced that it's also good to diversify. It's not just don't bank on just any one particular area of marketing. Diversify yourself. Get yourself out there and you'd be pleasantly surprised what even things that you suspected would never work, low cost, low risk, that actually had some return on it.
1: Yeah, you don't know unless you try. And my wife and I are constantly reworking and and retooling and and trying different things to see what works, to see what doesn't work, to see what we can do better, to see what we can shift in a different way, because it's all throwing spaghetti at at the wall and seeing what sticks. A lot of it is not going to stick. And that's just that's just the truth. You know, most of us are throwing spaghetti at the wall and it falls right to the floor, but there are those things that we do that, that do stick and, and they do work. And it's those specific things that end up working that you then double down on and triple down on and quadruple yep. down on. And that's how the compounded effect starts to take place. But you, you can't get to any specific place in your business if you're not willing to try, which may require you failing a lot in order to learn how to succeed at what you're looking to do.
0: That's so true. I, I mean it's you hear about it and it's easier to kind of pinpoint this when it comes to celebrities, such as, and it always comes to my mind is um artists in the music world, that there's this misconception that people have is like they pop up on the scene out of nowhere and they're instant success. Or in their mind, they're an instant success. When in reality is they had to go through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering to get to that point you just didn't know about them before. Same thing with marketing is businesses, especially small business owners, just starting off, look at other ones that are successful and go, wow, how did they hit it luckily so big so fast? It's like you don't understand. They've been around for a long time. You just maybe didn't know about them. You didn't hear about them, but they had to suffer through all of those components. They had to clean up a lot of spaghetti on the floor over time. So in order to get to that point. All right. You and I have talked about LinkedIn uh, before and the misconceptions that come along with it. Um, In our recent conversation that you and I personally had together, uh, it kind of struck me as interesting is, and I want you to share with everyone, what is the number one in your mind misconception of LinkedIn as a platform, social media platform? What is it in your mind?
1: Well, it's two misconceptions. Um, number one, people think it's it's for recruiters to find people to get hired, and part two of that is they think it's for job seekers that are looking to get hired. And at mm. at one point, I would agree with that statement. Yes, it it was the Monster dot com of social media. It absolutely was. Yep. But but when Microsoft bought them out. Uh, nearly six plus years ago, changed the game. They wanted it to become uh, a social media channel for high-level networking, high-level opportunities, uh, business relationship building, and an exchange of goods and products and services that the high-level business owners are looking for. And that's exactly what it's be- become and what it's now doing, because here's the an interesting statistic. So there's 720 million people on LinkedIn. 80% of the users of LinkedIn are on there purchasing, buying, and spending money from the 20% that are selling them. Hmm. So what side of the coin do you want to be on? Do you want to be on that 20% side? That is having 80% of the people on the platform hiring you, or do you want to be on the other side? So if you're looking to advance your business and close more sales genuinely, authentically, organically, without any costly tactics or tons of marketing spend that you may have to incur uh, using Facebook and Instagram, you're going to need to get on LinkedIn ASAP.
0: So true. It amazes me to this day. I'll talk with uh, even those that we're inviting on the show. And I say, hey, what's your LinkedIn profile? And they're like, oh, I don't have one of those. I'm like, what? What? What, what, what are you talking about? You don't have a LinkedIn profile. Or they're like, well, I have one, but I just kind of set it up initially. And then I didn't add a photo. I didn't add any information to it. I don't really need it because I'm a business owner. If I was getting hired or was looking for a job, sure, I, I'd want to do that, but I don't really need to do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're missing out on a really big opportunity right here. So it's it. You're absolutely right. It's one of the biggest ones that I see time and time again as well. And I'm sure you see it more and it probably makes your skin crawl when you see it personally. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is this is terrible.
1: Yeah, you know, I I just feel bad for people at this point because they're they're getting (laughs) sucked into the vanity metrics uh, of Facebook and Instagram, and they think that they—it's all about likes, and it's all about comments, and it's all about shares, and you know the views and the vanity metrics don't matter at all. It's—it's it's how many of those of those engagements are leading to an external conversation. How many of those people are being taken from online to offline? You know, is your appointment book getting filled up with? discovery calls with people that you're networking with about opportunities to create or collaborate or even hire you? Is that happening? And if that answer is no, then you're doing something wrong because it's LinkedIn is one of those things that it is so undervalued, it's so underutilized, but it, it's got the highest visibility, the highest organic reach and the highest organic engagement on any social media channel right now. It's just people aren't talking about it enough because everybody wants to be an influencer. Everyone, everybody wants to be, you know, quoting the HBO documentary quote unquote, fake famous. They want to be this influencer yeah. or this micro influencer on Facebook and Instagram because it's feeding some sense of importance or something that, that a void that they have in their life. Listen, success doesn't look like the amount of followers that you have. Success doesn't look like right. how much engagement you're getting. Success happens behind closed doors where no one can see it. And I, I'm a big believer in actions, always speak louder than words. So don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you're going to do.
0: You know, it's one of those things with LinkedIn that, as you were talking about, it kind of popped into my head thinking about, um, I know you experience it all the time. I'm sure your inbox with LinkedIn is filled up with people hitting you up all the time of those in mail, trying to sell you on something all the time. And I know a lot of business owners like, yep. yeah, it's, it's a pain in the neck because I just get hit up all the time. And I turn to them, I go, why do you think all of them are doing that? Do you think that they they just are like, no, this doesn't work. And I'm just going to keep doing that over and over and over. I'm just going to keep hitting up other business owners. I'm going to keep hitting up other people that I've targeted specifically and that they're spending the money to do this over and over because it doesn't work. No, they're doing it because it works and they're going to keep doing it. Sure, it's a numbers game, but you follow the things that a lot of individuals or businesses are doing. Oftentimes, it, it's chalked up as well. It's because everyone's doing it. Everyone's following each other. It's like, yeah, but obviously someone found out that it was successful to begin with. And then the others are like, you know what? What do they do? Oh, they go through LinkedIn and hit people up with InMail. I'm not saying that that's the way to do it, but... It's looking at things through a different lens that oftentimes business owners really need to do. Don't just keep thinking about things as, hey, I think this is the best way to do it. Well, are you OK with the results that you keep getting because you think this is the best way to do it? So I it's it's tremendously helpful to hear that coming from the LinkedIn expert that, Knows this to be true and uh, continues to preach this. I, I'm curious. So, with LinkedIn and it being a different platform, as all social media platforms are, but one thing that you caught me off guard with what you talked about and I was curious about is okay, so Instagram, mainly about photos, that it's a visual platform, Facebook, a combination of those two things. And so, certainly, content that you're pushing out with these different platforms is dialed in specifically for that audience on Facebook or that audience on Instagram. What do you find being the most successful content that's being put out right now in terms of LinkedIn posts?
1: Videos. It's the the number one way to uh, connect with people on LinkedIn right now. But anything that you choose to do on LinkedIn, whether it's posts, videos, articles, uh, discussions in groups, uh, creating polls, to get some market research. Everything has to be all about educating your audience and informing your audience, especially from the passenger seat perspective. That's what I talk about and and doing it from. Don't talk about things from the driver's side perspective, which is what you want to talk about. My agenda. Here's what I want to say. You talk about things from the passenger seat perspective, that ideal client or customer or future collaborator. What is it that they need to hear? with what you know that is going to bring them closer to you instead of pushing them further away by you selling and, and pitching yep. them. And why video content is so powerful? Number one, no one will buy anything from anyone they don't know, they don't like, and they don't trust. Yep. So the more vulnerable you can make yourself and the most vulnerable way to make yourself on social media is video content because, again, it's point, click, and shoot. You know, you're videotaping yourself or you're on a live and you're sharing your heart, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. People can see you. They can feel you. They they feel closer to you. So if there was one aspect of LinkedIn that I would really recommend people to go all in on it it would be that video content because that's the content that's going to really engage people the right way. And again, bring them closer to you instead of pushing them further away.
0: Excellent point. And I, I will definitely make note of that. And I want to make sure our audience also pays attention specifically to that because it's important that different platforms have different reactions to different content. And we've had guests on our show before that super successful with social media and in different platforms, they even have had to realize and had to adapt knowing that you can't just put the same content the same messaging out on all the platforms and expect the same results. It'll do well maybe with one, but it might not have the same impact on others. All right. So let's shift over within LinkedIn specifically. Uh, Looking over your own profile, you have hundreds of recommendations you are provided to other professionals, other business owners, other service providers, they work for a company and whatnot. But um, and in case our audience is not familiar with the terminology and kind of the lingo, but uh, recommendations are essentially those uh, reviews, if you will, kind of like what you would see on Yelp or Amazon, but it's for the professional themselves how well they did, how much of an expert they are in their area or their field. Uh, You yourself have received over 400 uh, recommendations and testimonials from LinkedIn directly. How valuable do you find those recommendations to be for you and your business?
1: It's everything because I don't have to sell what I do. My credibility speaks for itself. And that's part of the program that we have, Expert Mm -hmm. Authority. You wanna become the expert authority in your space. So if someone tries to question why I charge what I charge and the validity of what I do, listen, go read the 400 plus recommendations I have on LinkedIn, go read the 100 plus uh, reviews, five star reviews of my books. Go read the nearly a hundred reviews uh, on my podcast. So don't take it from me. Listen to what people say, because sure. I'm not going to convince you to work with me. I want you to want to work with me, but if you need me to convince you, you're not the right fit. Mm. So for anybody that's listening to this, you want your work that you do for other people to speak for itself So you don't ever have to sell because the value is there.
0: Excellent point. Very good point. All right. So we're talking about those uh, recommendations and I oftentimes refer to it as the trust factor. Uh, You've built up that trust factor with people as seen on TV, those kind of things. And like you said before, uh, people will not buy your product, buy your service, do anything with you if they don't trust you. That's a big one. I mean, that, that's kind of common knowledge. If you don't trust someone, you're never going to do business with them. You're never going to work with them. That, that's just a, a main point. Uh, but how does one write a good LinkedIn recommendation? So I know for someone receiving a recommendation, you oftentimes don't have a whole lot to say. You'll get maybe someone say, well, hey, what do you want me to say in your recommendation? I love to. I just don't know what to put in there. Either answering that back and saying, hey, if you could put this in, So it'll really help me out. Or even for those that are going to write recommendations for other people, because I'm a firm believer in giver's gain. Do it first and give it out to people and it'll boomerang back to you. Maybe not exactly the same way that you were intending, but it will come back to you in droves. So what's your recommendation for people on how to write a really good LinkedIn recommendation?
1: Well, and so not only have I received you know four hundred plus recommendations, but i've I've written over a hundred recommendations myself too. i I've given out. So um as much as I get them, I try to write them as often as I can. So w- when I'm writing my recommendations, I always speak uh, to the person's character, you know, who they are from a character standpoint. So when someone does read that recommendation, they know exactly who that person is when they're going to connect with them. You know what they stand for, what their beliefs are, what their value in what they do, how they're a servant leader and they want other people to succeed. That's the mission that they have. So basically, I I make sure that when I'm writing that recommendation I'm doing it, again, from that passenger seat perspective. If I was that external person reading the recommendation, what is going to push me over the fence to say, yes, I want to work with this person? So I always make sure when I'm writing that recommendation, it's speaking to that prospective client of my client to make sure that when it's being read, it's going to hit home, it's going to strike a chord, and it's going to create trust and a connection between that person and the potential client.
0: Amazing point there. And I I think you hit on all the pieces that uh, anyone would be blessed and honored to receive a written recommendation from Scott Aaron. So thank you for sharing that. And I I agree with you. I I pointed out earlier was that it's not just about how many you've received personally, but you have written hundreds of uh, recommendations out to others and business owners and all types of industry uh, you know masters in their own own world. So yes, you obviously know what you're doing and uh, that certainly backs up that very claim that, hey, I'm an expert in this area and I know it very well and you get those recommendations yourself. In all of your business experience, including owning and operating several seven figure companies, what was the single most difficult marketing experience or challenge you ever faced? And how did you address this challenge?
1: Well, I can't really speak to present day because, honestly, it's like the wild west right now. I, I feel that it's it's with all the technology that's out there, it's easier than ever to get yourself in front of people organically, whether it's through live video whether it's through audiobook whether it's through a podcast there are so many avenues and ways to market yourself now i would say you know the first seven figure business that that i had the gym that was the biggest challenge because when we got into the gym business it was in the the mid to late 90s it was 1997 1998 so at this point there really was no no internet uh, you know gyms had websites but no one really did anything on them but just read what the gym has they come in you know we had paper contracts when people signed up at the gym they had to fill out a paper contract and you know we got the white copy they got the yellow copy they got you know, a yep. swipe card that I had to laminate the cards myself. We had a lamination machine where I would have to write their name on a piece of paper, the date they joined. I put it in the, in the lamination machine and handed it to them. So it was very old school. Like I, I forget about all that stuff. But with the advent of social media, but in addition to when the Planet Fitnesses started popping up, and the LA Fitnesses started popping up where you now had a marketing model where it was all about volume. It wasn't about what people were charging. It's let's charge less. Let's spend more on marketing dollars and just get as many people as we can in. And that was the biggest struggle for the mom and pop shops because we didn't have the marketing budgets that these large corporations had. We we didn't have – those tools where we had a sales team that we can just go hire and sit and talk to people all day long. You know, it was myself, right. my mother, my father, my cousin, and our employees. So, literally, we had to bootstrap it and we had to come up with our own creative ways. But the marketing of that profession, that business, that was probably one of the most challenging things that we had to face because we were constantly head scratching. You know, we were sending out postcards. We were, you know, having people literally d- direct mail. Like we would hire a guy and he would walk around the neighborhood and stuff mailboxes, any way yep. that we could be visibly seen first because we were getting out marketed and we couldn't do anything about it because. We didn't have the marketing dollars to get in front of more people. So that was probably the, the biggest challenge that, that I personally faced in all the businesses that I've had because the industry was growing so fast, so rapidly in so many different ways. It, it really wasn't to our advantage.
0: Interesting. Uh, so is there a single moment you can point to as the beginning of uh, the program that now is the expert authority? I mean, honestly, it
1: comes down to the combination of taking my my wife's superpowers and, and my superpowers and combining them into one. We, we both still run successful individual coaching practices, and we always wanted to have something together. I mean, and they're both our companies because I do things for hers and she does sure. things for mine, but we always wanted to coach people together. And at the end of this year, we were thinking, you know, what can we do to really take people on this four-year journey that we've been on in, in building out my business and all the things that I've done and released? And she's been a part of every single one of them. And how can we compartmentalize that into 12 months? So in a year's time, mm working with people in a, in a group atmosphere, how can we take them from where they are now to becoming the expert authority in their space? So we, we started brainstorming. We joined a program that kind of was giving us the infrastructure of how to put it all together. We had so much already built out from, uh, picking and choosing your niche, defining your business avatar, marketing, branding, uh, awareness, visibility, optimization of your social media channels, LinkedIn, uh, all of those things, writing a book, self-publishing it, starting your podcast, blogging, because we're doing all of that. So we already had the structure built out. And that's when we decided to join forces and and start moving away from so much one-on-one and do more group which is what we launched in January. And that was the the expert authority program. And it's going unbelievably well, because now we've curated and created this community of hungry people that are in it for all the same reason. They are in it to become the expert authority within their space. So they're supporting one another, they're networking with each other. And they're, they're doing everything that we're suggesting them to do. And we we've built out a path for them to go down and all they have to do is plug into it, follow it. And by the end of these 12 months, they are going to get spit out on the other end, the expert authority in their space.
0: I really appreciate you sharing that because I think something that comes to my mind when you say, even just the, the words, expert authority, uh, I instantly think about kind of that, lone wolf at the top of the mountain that's howling because he or she has conquered the mountain they are top dog they're up there they're they're they are the pinnacle of expertise for that industry and it oftentimes paints a picture for i think a lot of people as that solo lonely you know you got to go at it alone and it it by yourself but you mentioning that no there's a community actually of other experts that we've built that come together to help support each other so it might be the mountain over across the way that also has a lone wolf but they're supporting this one that's over here on this mountain and this mountaintop and they're communicating and that howling is their communication to one another like hey i got here success to me but now i don't really know what to do from here on out And it's the other wolf across the way going, hang in there. I'm a few steps ahead of you. And this is what I did. This is what I figured out. And being able to do that networking and communicating, it's not just that lone wolf. It's a community. Uh, You and I have also talked about this before, too. It's however you want to reference it, the island approach where you're an island of one. But then you zoom out and you go, whoa, wow, there's a whole chain of islands around me. Yes, it it might feel like a lonely path, but you have to look around you and go, oh, there's others that are also on this path, but just at different stages, different paths that they're taking. But there's a lot of similarities between all of them.
1: hundred percent. And that's the thing is uh, an army of two is twice as strong as an army of one. And what we're loving about the group coaching is that there's just a certain energy that you know we bring to the the group every single week cuz we meet on a weekly basis you know we train them one week on a a new subject and a topic and then the following week is not a new lesson it's hot seat Q&A and and coaching because we want to make sure that they're extremely clear on what we went over the week before before we add on another layer to the program and we're already getting feedback you know the clarity that they're having already because when you start with and again we've built out literally the structure from A to Z, what you need to do to, to become that expert authority. And that's why we started with your niche, because if you don't know what niche you want to plug into and what you want to become the authoritative expert in, nothing else is going to fall into place. But once you define that niche, now we're going to talk about your avatar. You know, are they male or female? How old are they? Yep. What color is their hair? What music do they listen to? What books do they read? What podcasts yep. do they listen to? Literally putting a name to them And then now that we have your niche and your avatar, how do we create a marketing strategy to speak to them? So then we get into the content creation and the branding and your colors and your messaging and your vision. And it's just so fun because we're able to share this with this community of what we've done with our businesses over the last four years, just in a more simplified and streamlined way where it's plug and play and go. And they're getting directed by two experts. You know, Nancy and I are experts in our space. We know what we're doing. We've we're we've done the do, and we're doing the do still. So even though we're now teaching this, we're still doing it each and every day for our own businesses.
0: All right, so I'm going to paint this picture for you. And because you mentioned and gave us a little background for those that didn't know that Microsoft actually purchased LinkedIn a few years back, uh, we're going to use uh, the pinnacle of when you say Microsoft, who do you think of? You think of Bill Gates. Uh, so Bill Gates is on an elevator. You just happen to step on that elevator. There's no one else on in that cable car going up that is with you. And you have a chance. You got 60 seconds to pitch Mr. Gates all about expert authority. I'm curious to see what Scott Aaron's ability is to pitch Bill Gates in 60 seconds of what expert authority is and with the kind of context that there might be a possibility that he either invests heavily or just cuts your check for five point three billion dollars right then on the spot. And he just happened to have his checkbook in his pocket and he's, he's just going to say, I'll buy expert authority because you convince me that this is this is a thing. So I want 60 seconds. I, I'm going to, we're going to put the counter on the clock and we're going to see uh, what your ability is for that pitch to Mr. Gates. So you want to count down or do you, you just want to go and, and just say, forget it. I got this. I can just go, go for it.
1: So, you know, I would say Mr. Gates, pleasure and an honor to, you know, share this elevator with you. Uh, just wanted to discuss something that my wife and I are doing. We've, In all the conversations that we've been having with entrepreneurs, we discovered there's a couple holes and gaps and they're not clear on their vision. They do not know their marketing strategy. They're not sure who they should be marketing to. So we've created a program called the Expert Authority Program that teaches them how to get clear with their branding, with their marketing, with their avatar, with their niche. And at the same time, helping them create the content that ends up being the chapters to the book that they're going to write, that it's going to be the episodes to the podcast that they're going to launch and the titles to the blogs that they're going to write. And this is our mission. And if this is something that is of interest to you, would love to talk about how we can create or collaborate together on this project.
0: Oh, wow. That was good. That was really good. Well done. That that I think I might have to write your recommendation and reference Mr. Gates in that <laughs> one as well. So hopefully he sees it and and checks that out because that that was that was so well done. We don't want to waste it. We actually want to put it into reality and, and put it out there for Mr. Gates to come across. But uh, who knows? Well, you never know until you put it out there, right? So. Just got to do it. Well, I I, I I gave him the
1: option. I gave him the option. We yeah. could create something together or collaborate. So I, I put the ball
0: in his court and he can let me know what the answer is. So, you know, leave it up to him. That That is a true salesman right there. It wasn't a yes or no. It was which option would you like? So, yes, very well done. All right. How important? And you've mentioned her name in passing. I kind of want to go back to the very beginning of the show. You mentioned that in no way shape or form ever in your life moving forward will you ever have a boss and kind of joking about this a little bit but you have a wife and you have kids so i have to say that is not accurate you do have a boss you just don't realize that (laughs) you have had a boss all this time for the years i i plainly i joke about that because i know for those of us who truly appreciate and admire and just love our spouses. We don't look at them as bosses. That is the negative uh, imagery that has been painted, sadly, over the years uh, for us men to look at our spouses in a negative light. But I joke about that. So moving to all the flowers and the love and the compassion and just admiration that you have towards your wife, Nancy... Uh, she is your co-founder and she's also, so on the business side, co-founder, she's on the personal side. She's the wife and both of those, the similarity is there's a partnership there. Uh, so how important is your wife to the success of expert authority? My
1: life and business would not be what it is if it wasn't for her. That is an absolute fact. She you know we we talk about the fact that we water each other and with what I'm doing now it couldn't be done without her. And and she would say the same thing about me because the the strengths that she has are my weaknesses and the weaknesses that she has are are my strengths and we play to that. And everything that we do is about communication and openness and Listening to one another, whether it's on a a personal or business plane, and we know with all all the people that we talk to, how special and unique it is for a husband and wife entrepreneur team to run a company together. And we don't fight, we don't argue. uh, We have the I mean, we laugh every single day. We just we have so much fun doing what we're doing. And, you know, are there, you know, wall kicking moments? Absolutely. But uh, her support, her love, her knowledge, uh, her care, you know, not just for me, but for our company, uh, it's everything. And there wouldn't be no expert authority if there wasn't Nancy Aaron.
0: That's well said. And uh, I know you mean every, every part of that. Uh, I know I was joking and kind of leading it up to a joke in the very beginning, but. I know where your heart is i know where your true your trueness uh when it comes to her especially is um and and you can hear that through your description and your tone as you share that so i thank you for
1: for opening up
0: and being real not that you haven't been real this whole time but that's even that extra layer that's that extra level of realness that a lot of people especially it's not a common thing that we see. I think it's becoming more and more of a societal approval of the male figure being more soft, as some might describe it. But I think it's not soft. It's more about being real. It's opening up because we can be sensitive too. you know, we're not just a hard exterior. We also have a heart. We also have a mind. We also have feelings as well. So I appreciate you sharing that with us and on the show today. Um, So talking about also about family again, because your business is uh, there are quite a few of them that are partnerships out there, but not a lot of them are successful in being able to balance the personal and work life together. It, It oftentimes the struggles become is how do you disconnect from, Okay, we're in work mode and now we're over in personal life mode and being able to clearly define and, and isolate those two. But how do you successfully meet the work-life balance when it comes to your family? And I'll kind of add to this, is you and I have talked a little bit about this before, and it really struck me as one of our first conversations, I think it was within the first five, maybe 10 minutes, you made it very clear what your your structure of your work schedule is, and it was all pertaining to your family. So I want you to share that with our audience and our listeners, because I think it's something that uh, I think most that have been listening thus far go and assume uh, he how does he sleep, let alone have a family? I mean, you're just you got all these successful businesses and all these endeavors and you're coaching people. And I mean, that's got to take a lot of time. How in the world do you do the work life balance? Well,
1: first thing, th- there is no such thing as work-life balance. There, There's going to be an imbalance in some way, shape, or form, whether it's work, life, business, personal. It's about finding a-, a happy medium in between all of that. And what's really helped me is, well, family comes first and foremost. So everything I do is for my family, but everything that I want to do is with my family. So, mm. uh, you know, um, my son's schedule changed uh, again. Uh, he's back in school four days a week, so I actually had to pick him up uh, Mondays and Tuesdays now. And and I had to do a podcast at two thirty. Couldn't reschedule it. He popped in, you know, came came in to give me a hug and a kiss, and you know he he was on the podcast. But that's that's just about life. But as far as how my day is structured, um, I'm very very diligent about creating. Boundaries around my time. So, my wife and I have a very, very specific uh, and honored morning routine. We get up at six, we take the dogs for a walk, we work out, we then have breakfast and coffee, talk about our day, and then we do nothing before 10 a.m. So, no business. That's our rule in the house nothing before 10 a.m. Eastern. And for us, um, as an entrepreneur, just like you said, you can you can go down that, that entrepreneurial hole and never come back up for air. And before you know it, it's 2 in the morning. So for us, we actually started putting that boundary is we will be sitting down and having dinner every single night of the week together. So we cook every night. Our day cuts off at 6. That's it. 10 to 6, whatever we can squeeze in between. If there's a couple things that she needs to touch up or touch on with our team, um, just a couple emails, that's fine. But there's no coaching. There's no calls after 6 p.m. Eastern. For me, uh, I don't work on Wednesdays anymore. My son is is the one day that he's remote learning. He's, he's here remote learning on Wednesdays. So he's done school by 2 or 3 o'clock. I don't bother setting up calls because once I'm checked out, once I'm not in work mode, I can't get into work mode. It's it's kind of difficult for me. Sure. And then on Fridays, I started taking uh, half days. I, I don't want to wait for the weekend. I want the weekend to be here when I want it to be. So I usually only work till about noon on Fridays. So I only work three and a half days a week. I don't take any calls or do any communication over the weekend. If you message me, you email me over the weekend, you're not going to hear back until Monday. Because if i open that email up and respond it's going to open up communication but it's also going to let that person know that if they ever email me again on the weekend i'm going to respond so i need to be very mindful yep. of that the big the big goal that i had last year that i still have this year is having a, a 120 um a, 180 days off uh the, during the year so working 6 months not working 6 months so i i calculated that if I only worked three and a half days a week, um every every month, that translates to um twelve days off a month, where I'm only working 18. And if I take that um that 12 and I multiply that by 12 months, that's 144 days off right there. So hmm. I'm only 16 days away from being able to make that happen. And and if you take into consideration, you know, July 4th or Memorial Day or Labor Day, um, whatever it is, now I'm getting closer to that 180 days. So that's my big goal because life is not about working. Um, Life is just about living and work just kind of fits in between all of that and allows you to propel forward.
0: I'm curious, do you feel that the early days of you running your gyms and successful ones at that allowed you and trained you at that time on how to properly compartmentalize your schedule based on you were going to school at that same time. So you've got a business to run and you've got a full load, as you described, a full load of classes and homework and tests to study for and papers to write. All the things that go along with it, do you feel like that was kind of maybe the the catalyst to train you at that time on how to compartmentalize?
1: I wouldn't say that. I, I would say more when I got into full-time personal training mm. because when when you become a personal trainer, you know, I was bopping around all around the city and I had to be very mindful of my time, how long it was going to take me to get to one place to another. You know, I would train from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. every single day. I was doing about 80 hours of personal training a week. That's, you know, 320 hours a month. Yeah. And I mean, was the money good? Yeah. But, you know, I was trading time for dollars, but I got very structured and routine. And I am, I, I block, like if you see my calendar, it's color coded. It, it's blocked off. Um, I, I block time off of my calendar so people can't book. Like literally it becomes impossible to get into my calendar if I've put certain blocks of time in there. So the the repetition and the routine of being a personal trainer, the structure, the demand for uh, following a specific methodology prepped me for everything that I'm doing now. But it was a big shift because I had to break the mold, so to speak, of yep. trading that time for dollars because I've never not worked as much as I'm working right now. I'm used to working, you know, 12, 16 hours a day. I, I mean, I I did a little bit of work this morning. I, I worked from 10 to 1130 this morning and then picked up my front son from school and then was off until 2.30, and then I'm working from 2.30 until 6. So I'm only working five hours today. So sure. that's kind of normal now. And and yeah. again, once I got in that, like, gone are the days of me working all day, all night. And here are the days of being able to go for a walk in the cul-de-sac at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or just taking a drive uh, in the area, just to get some fresh air and you know having the the wind blow in my bald head, whatever it is you know it's just it's one <laughs> of those things where you you
0: you you create that time to live right now, not live later excellent. what in your mind are the most consistently important qualities among the successful executives and entrepreneurs that you've worked with and i i I'll preface to say let's let's stick to three because i'm sure there's A laundry list of consistent patterns that you've picked up on. And with the experience of working with so many entrepreneurs, so many small businesses, executives at, you know, they're, they're the emperors of their domain, but what are some, let's pick three of your top ones that you're like, look, I, I can safely say that these three are what I've seen be successful. And if you have those, not that it's going to make or break you, that's going to, be the only thing that makes you successful, but these are the three things that I constantly see.
1: They work out, they eat healthy, and they get plenty of sleep. That's it. Mm.
0: I was all the I top was performers. Not expecting those. I was I was expecting something like, you know, hey, you're 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 reading constantly to get your mind going and and all this kind of stuff, and it's like. Which makes sense. I mean, your background, your expertise, when you first early days being in the health industry, that makes a lot of sense coming from you. But I'm fascinated that those were the three. It seems like you already had the question ahead of time, which you did not. So uh, I'm shocked a, a bit that those were the three you laid them out. But excellent point. Yeah, I mean if
1: you don't have your health you have nothing. So what 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 good are we if we're we're sick and and unhealthy then you don't have the energy to show up for your clients. You you don't have uh, the mobility that you need to, you know, work and and do certain things. If you listen to Tony Robbins, if you listen to Robin Sharma and all the top thought leaders, they talk about Having this strict morning routine, the first thing that Robin Sharma does when he wakes up is he moves his body for 15 minutes. The first thing that Tony Robbins does, he jumps into that ice cold water to shock his system and he gets a workout in and he eats healthy. You know, everything that we do is fuel for how we live. So that's why our morning starts with a workout and a healthy breakfast and why we cut it off at six o'clock is so we can be in bed at eight o'clock at night laying in bed, unwinding, watching a couple shows and going to sleep. So we're well rested because I've never slept this much in my entire life. Cause I used to go to bed nine 10 o'clock at night and then I would have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning. So I was lucky to get six hours of sleep. Now we're going to bed at 10 30, o'clock and I'm, I'm getting between seven to eight hours of sleep every single night on the weekends sometimes we'll sleep till seven thirty, eight o'clock and I'll get nine hours of sleep. Yep. And I've, I've never felt better, you know, and I, again, I've had that health and, and wellness background, but I feel like that's also, you know, been advantageous. And my wife said to me actually this morning, and she goes, um, she goes, I never really knew the importance of, of, of eating healthy and, and practicing, you know, good, healthy habits till I started to, you know, you know date you and be with you because now i understand how important that is to you know fuel your body you know every single day so you don't have those you know afternoon crashes and and you're feeling good you know again if we don't have our health we have nothing and that's why that is my first priority because it's a catalyst for everything else
0: Excellent point. I love that. I love the description on those. And your three all feed into one another. You're sleeping, eating healthy, uh, living a healthy lifestyle that feeds into you being healthy holistically. Then now you're able to pour all of your energy and effort in a very compact way into your time, into your schedule to accomplish what you need to do. All right. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us on the Ignite Your Business radio show. But before we wrap things up, I do have just a few more questions for you been a a great sport hanging in there uh taking all the the beatings that I've given you on the questions and i I very much appreciate it uh so any projects on the horizon a new book uh maybe a new podcast maybe what what's on the horizon for twenty twenty one we've heard about the goals of your your lifestyle and making sure that it's a it's a balancing act with work and life but What's, what's maybe an uh, uh, accomplishment you're hoping to reach within 2021?
1: Yeah, we're, we're looking uh, by the end of the year to have taken 75 people through our expert authority program. So helping those 75 people uh, write and self-publish their first book, launch their podcast, whatever it is they want to achieve, uh, that, that's our big goal. And we have 23 people going through the program now after our first uh, launch. Uh, We're reopening the doors in about two more weeks to allow some more people to come through and we're going to do it a couple Mm -hmm. more times. So, you know, the goal is help those 75 uh, entrepreneurs that really want to become the expert authority in their space, um, help them to do that this year. So that that's our, our big, big goal for this year.
0: Well, no doubt you will certainly reach that. I can tell already that you're already on the pathway. You've lined it up. You've looked at it, how many you need to do within a certain period of time. It's already, it's already structured for that. So no doubt that you will accomplish that. Uh, you've logged appearances in Forbes and Yahoo Finance. Uh, do you have... Any experience amongst this from the outside work that you particularly enjoyed? Was there one of those platforms that really stood out to you being like, man, I really enjoyed doing that one, maybe for Forbes or y'all. Maybe it's one that's not even as well known as those that you're like, man, that that was one of them. I just, I really got a lot out of it. Personally, business, it just it was what you put up on the shelf as a trophy, even though it's kind of an imaginary one, maybe. But it's one of those in mentally, you put it up in your mind, go, that's something to be always looking at being proud of.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Yahoo Finance, when they contacted me that I was going to be featured uh, last summer as one of the 10 uh, or the 15 entrepreneurs to watch during COVID-19, that that was a huge honor. But I would say I was featured twice in Authority Magazine, Mm -hmm. um, which is a a subscription uh, of Medium Magazine. And that's exactly what I stand for. You know, I I was, I wrote two articles on uh, how to grow your business using LinkedIn in Authority Magazine. So if there was any real culmination in, in what I stand for and what I stood for in how I leverage LinkedIn, it was featured in uh, a magazine that was complete in alignment with what I stand for, which is becoming that authoritative expert. So I was honestly most proud of that. And uh and for those those publications. I mean the Yahoo Finance was great, Forbes was great for the couple of years that I was a contributor. But um when when uh when Medium reached out to me and wanted to feature me in uh, Authority magazine, that was uh that was awesome. I uh you know was very, very grateful that they even thought to include me.
0: Amazing. All right. While Scott and I continue our conversation, visit ignite radio dot com. Look for this very episode. There you can hear our entire conversation, how to get in touch with him, learn more about expert authority, including additional resources available for his coaching services and other information we have been discussing today. I hope the information that Scott Aaron shared today helped light the fuse inside of you and ends up taking your business to the next level. I'd like to thank our guests today, our production team, our engineering team, and most of all, all of you listening. Until next week, I'm your host, josh wilhelm have a great and successful rest of the week everybody